0: A new year. And the media always like to trot out the best of award shows and retrospective looks back. Okay, we're players; We'll play too. For the next hour, from the press box to press row, we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of our short time on the air. And because he's sitting behind the good mic in a custom-fit blazer, here's your host, Donald Ware.
1: Christmas and a happy holiday season to you and yours. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day, whether you're out and about doing that last minute shopping. Um, Look, always appreciate you listening and supporting the program. It is our 2023 year-end review show, part one of our 2023 year-end review show here on the program. We're going to take a listen back to the months of January through June on the program and some of our most memorable conversations during that time. And I gotta say, this is the 19th time, the 19th time that we've done our year-end review show. So um, if you have maybe a memorable conversation, a memorable time that happened while you were listening uh, to this program, please, by all means, hit me up uh, on my X account at D one at D one look, I was wrong in my prediction about last week's game between Howard and Florida A&M. I thought I, I said, hey, Florida a and M's the better football team. I think Howard is going to win the football game, find a way to win the football game. And a lot of that I based upon what Howard was able to do to North Carolina Central or not all of it. But in part, I mean, I thought it was just a dominating performance in terms of the Bison win over the Eagles going back to November 11th. And the Bison got out to a huge lead, but Florida A&M stayed vigilant. And Willie Simmons, in his his, uh, press conference, his wrap-up of the season press conference uh, that the Florida A&M Sports Information Department put on, um, he talked about This uh, this team staying vigilant, not getting panicked, even when it found itself down 14 to nothing, having thrown an interception. And that may have been the key. I mean, perhaps if the Bison had capitalized on that, then it would have been a different ball game. Um, Quentin Williams, the quarterback for Howard in his last five games, I think it was 10 touchdowns to one interception, three interceptions in that football game. I didn't see that coming, and you're not going to win a lot of football games if you can't win the turnover battle. In any event, um, you know, kudos to both teams. Congratulations to Florida A&M winning its first HBCU national champion, being named HBCU national champs um, for the first time since 19. 98 as the final HBCU coaches and media polls were released on Monday and you can you can um, go to BoxToRow.com to see where the final teams ranked with the coaches and the media right so um again got a really good show for you today and we're going to get things um, kicked off here Momentarily, If I may, I think back to this uh, as we talk about our year-end review show, and I think back to this 2023 football season, and a couple of things come to mind. One, the, the SIAC, I thought this was one of the better seasons in terms of football in the SIAC, the more competitive seasons in SIAC football than I can remember in quite some time. And it correlates with the SIAC doing away with the division. So this was the first year that there were no divisions since they, since the SIAC went to the, the division format in 2011, which brought about the SIAC championship game. And uh, we know that Miles won that very first SIAC championship game. I think about Miles uh, this year. Miles finished 7-3, um, had a big win to start the season against Alabama State, lost by one point. To Arkansas, Pine Bluff, but the latter part of this season, Miles got hurt a little bit, um, losing to Albany State Big when it really needed to win that football game. But I say all that to say, Miles was seven and three. Tuskegee was seven and four on the season. Um, Albany State, while six and five, went to the SIAC championship game. Of course, Benedict ended up winning the whole thing with an eleven and one with an 11 and 1 record but won the whole you know won the SIAC you know uh, Allen was 7 and 3 on the season. Edward Waters was right that I think Edward Waters was like 6 and 4 but had some really really huge wins you know on the season. I I think about that and so I thought it was a really really good season for the SIAC when I really think back in terms of some of the things to reflect on in uh 2000 23. I'm not going to. One of the things, I'm, I'm going to talk about the transfer portal, but I'm going to wait till the beginning of the year. I'm going to talk about the transfer portal one last time, and I'm going to leave it alone because where we are with the transfer portal is not going to change, right? So I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face. It's going to remain, but I've got one last thing that I've got to say about the transfer portal, and then I'm going to leave it alone. Um, uh, moving forward, I'm not I'm not going to really talk about it anymore because it, again, it doesn't do any good to talk about the transfer portal. The transfer portal is here to stay. Another memory for me for the 2023 season is the retirement now of Buddy Pugh. Buddy Pew note is retired as the head football coach at South Carolina State. Would have run 22 seasons, eight MEAC titles, four HBCU national championships, a plethora of players in the National Football League, ran a clean program. Um, Absolutely phenomenal when you're talking about Buddy Pugh. I outline my thoughts on Buddy Pugh uh, on a piece that I wrote that you can find on BoxToRow.com. Also talked a little bit about it. Did one last HBCU Football Daily Podcast, which ran on, uh, let's see, on uh, Wednesday on the BoxToRow.com Website as well as the Box to Row YouTube page. So I invite you to check that out. And again, talked about many, many other things as it relates to my thoughts for the 2023 HBCU football season. It's our year end review show here on the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Let's do this. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back, get things kicked off with. Our 2023 year-end review show. Keep it live.
0: On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here.
2: Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398.
3: On last week's
1: From the Press Box to Press row with Donald Ware. Benedict finished 11-1. Really, really good season. The only thing is I would have liked to see Benedict compete a little bit better in the Division Two playoffs. Look, you've got a couple of bookends in Lubert Danilis, Jaden Broughton. Listen for this name, Joshua Hayward. He's a corner, okay, that will be in the National Football League draft really good speed. Look, I mean, it's a program that was tremendous back-to-back SIAC championships. Of course, I I gave Benedict an A. From the Press Box to
4: Press Row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the Press Box to Press Row each week on your favorite station.
0: The best and brightest of the sports world are with us every week from the Press Box to Press Row. But don't take our word for it. Sit back and enjoy more of our look on the air with Donald Ware.
3: There's a Christmas tree in a window
1: frame Just inside my door Welcome back to Box to Row. 2023 year-end review show. Taking a listen back to some of our memorable interviews or conversations from January through June on today's show. Next week, we'll take a listen back at July through December. And you can join me here. Hit me up via Twitter at Dwear1, at Dwear1. Give me your thoughts on either maybe one of the most memorable interviews or conversations that you heard during box to row for 2023, or just one of your most memorable moments for yourself in 2023. I want you to be engaged in today's program. So we're going to kick things off in January in a, a gentleman that I've known for quite so many years. Brian poor is the head men's basketball coach at West Virginia state. Now, If memory serves me, he's been the head coach there in excess of 20 years or so. Uh, I know it's been more than 20 years. Well, he got his 400th career victory as the head coach at West Virginia State back in January. And we had a chance to catch up with him and talk about
5: it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, the only way you could draw it up any better is if, you know, the rest of my family could have. Could be there, um, but I did have my wife and my kids there, my sister and her family, who are great supporters of ours, and my brother and his family, who also are uh, weren't weren't uh, able to travel with us to that one. But uh, outside of that, though, to be in the Virgin Islands and and to win the championship, which is you know what we went over there to do, and uh, we played three straight days, and 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 so to win it, and then uh, on top of that, it's your 400th win. Uh, it's like hitting a lottery, <laughs> and so uh we we had a really really good time
1: I mean there were some lean years for you coach poor after a lot of success and maybe you had to adapt a little bit and uh you were able to kind of come back and now you're on this trajectory uh of of where you're you know your top 25 team uh, in the country so kind of speak to that and how you've been able to sort of get the program back on track if you
5: will I'll be honest with you, you know, it it was really a couple of things. One, we had some years there where we just had um, multiple injuries at the same positions. Um, You know, I would lose, you know, two and three point guards in in the same year or, or, you know, two or three post players in the same year. And but so you can't control that. Um, But the other thing that I think I did a poor job of is I I didn't – recruit character enough and look at the character you know i i was blessed i got in there and uh inherited a a group of guys and tried to blend them with my guys and built a program and built a family and built a uh a a team bond and then we rode that for several years you know till 2010 11 uh and even a couple years after that and then you know i felt like I didn't do a good enough job of recruiting character and making sure that that kid was going to fit into our locker room and was going to blend with what we have there. And, you know, I felt like, you know, the, the team chemistry just happens. Um, and then, you know, the, as you said, the lean years proved to me that it doesn't just happen. And, and so here recently, you know, we've really, you know, kind of looked at the character of a kid, uh, as much, if not more than the talent of the kid. Um, to make sure that he's going to blend in with the the, the players that we've already got in the program.
1: A conversation back in January with Brian Poore, now in his 25th season as the head men's basketball coach at his alma mater, West Virginia State. Moving to the month of February, we had a chance to catch up with one of the great college gymnasts, Trinity Thomas of the university of Florida had gotten a bunch of perfect scores as a matter of fact. And we had a chance to catch up with her as she was trying to go uh, for the streak of the most perfect tens in the history of college gymnastics. What would it mean to you to get that record?
6: That would, it's honestly a record that I didn't realize I was as close to until people started talking about it. So definitely it'd be pretty cool, but not something I'm really focused on right now, honestly, but um, I just control what I do out there and then we'll see what scores have to show in the long run.
1: Yeah. For you. So you took it, you, you, you decided to stay like you took advantage, I guess, of the COVID year um, because I'm looking at sort of your bio here. You've had four years, then you, you got the fifth. Why? So like, um, was it the sort of the camaraderie? Was it, wh- why did you take, decided to kind of take advantage of that fifth year in terms of that COVID year?
6: Yes. So, I mean, first and foremost, I love gymnastics and I accomplished a lot of amazing goals of mine last year, which was really special. And I feel blessed to have accomplished everything that I did. Um, and, but there was one thing that was missing last year year and that was our team national championship title we got second uh last year at NCAAs and so that was probably the biggest factor I was like I have to come back like I have to give it one more shot I've slowly built with each team that I've been on um from not making nationals all the way to second at nationals so I just feel like if I've got one more shot I've got to take it
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to be able to want, to want to be able to do that because what would be the next sort of progression? Is it, um, is it the Summer Olympics? What is that sort of, sort of, what's the next, next progression after college?
6: Yes. So I am still furthering my education. Um, but also keeping in the back of my mind, like if I'm healthy after this season, that it's a possibility that I could train to. So just kind of keeping all my doors open and making sure that I have options after I'm done.
1: You know, I mentioned, um, you know, Simone Biles been a guest on the show back in the day. Dominic Dawes uh, was a guest on this program. You don't see a lot of black gymnasts. You, you, you don't particularly in competition. So, Speak to that. Maybe some of the people you looked up to kind of growing up and what that means to you when people are young girls of color can now look up to you and the accomplishments that you have.
6: Yes. So I feel like you're seeing more girls that look like me participating in gymnastics more and more and more. And And when I first started participating, uh, there weren't a lot of girls that looked like me at my gyms personally. And so that was something that I had to work through and something that I had to work on knowing how to love myself and learning how to know that I was different and that's okay. Knowing that I was beautiful, even if I didn't look like them. And so just like things like that. And now, now that I'm a lot more grown up, <laughs> I can look back and look at all these little girls and be that motivation for them and tell them that they're beautiful and tell them that they've got this and to tell tell them that they can be right where I am one day. So, just to have that have this platform that I have to be an inspiration to little, little black girls everywhere is a blessing.
1: Next year, are you looking towards or for the Olympics for
7: next year?
6: Um, so like I said, something that's in the back of my mind right now, I'm not super focused on it because I want to focus on where I am right now and working with my team to win national championship, but it's definitely something that's being thought about and considered and we'll see if I'm healthy
1: one of the most accomplished gymnasts in the history of college gymnastics Trinity Thomas tied the all-time record for the most perfect scores with 28 keeping in the month of February the one and only Stephen A. Smith had a chance to catch up with him joined us on the program and we had a conversation about a number of different topics, his time at Winston-Salem State, and about his career.
4: Well, Coach Gaines was clearly a father figure. He's a legendary coach. I didn't know much about HBCUs until I got there, until I got to try out in front of them. But doing my research on him and learning how he assisted in integrating the sport of basketball and, and, and what he sparked and spearheaded during the Civil Rights era, including winning a national championship, back end of that with the great Earl, Earl De Pearl Moreau. I mean, his record uh, speaks for itself, deified in the minds of many in the basketball community because he's such a legendary, iconic figure. But to me, he was also a father figure because we talked all the time. We'd sit in his office. We'd talk about a lot of different things and he'd educate me about, about life and about what I needed to do to succeed and how I didn't, I shouldn't expect compassion. I not expect but so many people to give a helping hand to somebody that wasn't willing to help themselves and put forth their due diligence in order to be all they could be. So he was definitely about the big the bigness of accountability, understanding what came with that. And he was big on that. Um in terms of the professors, obviously the professors were great to me. Um and what you're alluding to in the book is is the head of the financial aid department, Mr. Theodore Heinzman. Um he was an individual that I love dearly and you know he was had this perpetual smile on his face. He drive me crazy. Didn't matter what was going on. He was always smiling. And this one time, he didn't smile at all. And it was when I returned to school after quitting and leaving school for about eight months. Um, he didn't know if he would ever see me again. I had never said goodbye to him. I just quit because I was depressed because um, because I had uh, I was going to have to forfeit my basketball scholarship because I cracked my kneecap in half. And I couldn't play basketball, and my mother's insurance, because it was a D two school, and they didn't have the facilities that you have the big D one programs. In order to get rehab, I was going to have to go back to Queens, New York, to get rehab, and because the, her insurance wouldn't cover me in North Carolina. And so, knowing that I had to leave school and whatever, I was incredibly, incredibly depressed about that. Um, and I said goodbye to Coach James, and I said goodbye to my girlfriend at the time, and that was it. And so, when I came back months later. After rehab, ready to, you know, just revitalize whatever career I thought I had, um, Coach Gaines didn't look too pleased to see me and sent me to Theodore Heinzman. When I went to Heinzman, he was very rude, very dismissive, didn't want to say anything. And that was totally out of character for him. Never saw him treat any student like that. So much so that it propelled me to wait in the back of the building for him like five, six hours later when I knew he'd get off of work to ask him why he treated me like that. And he tore into me talked about why did I quit? He said, the second you was preaching us about you wanted to be more than just a basketball player. And the second you thought basketball was taken away from you, you quit school. He said he had an academic scholarship waiting for me, um, but I didn't return his calls. I didn't answer his calls, so I didn't know. And he was like, you quit on me. You quit on this professors. You quit on this school. And I never, never in my wildest dreams thought you'd quit on yourself. But that's what you did. He said, I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed to know you. And it was, um, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm 55 years old and, you know, there's, I can count on one hand in my adult life where I've cried. And that was one time I cried. I cried in front of him because I was that ashamed of, of, of everything that he was saying because I knew he was absolutely right. And I realized that I had disappointed in him. I let him down and I had let a lot of professors down and I let Coach Gaines down. And so that really, really had an impact on my life and reminded me of the importance of commitment and, and just doing what you say you're going to do and making sure that, you know, you, the, the people who looked out for you, you strive to the best of your ability, never to forget them and what their purpose is in your life.
1: Last thought, mentoring to, to, to the point, a lot, lot of the guys, Ryan Clark, instead of call you big bro, speak to mentoring these guys and bringing guys along in this business.
4: This doesn't last forever. There's a period at the end of every sentence. At some point in time, no matter how successful you are, everything comes to an end. And in the end, true success is when you have successors to point to. Successors that you facilitated being successors. Because they knew you wanted them to succeed every bit as you wanted it for yourself. And when I look at Marcus Spears, when I look at Ryan Clark, when I look at the playmaker who's like a brother to me, I look at all of these guys um, and ladies, Kimberly Martin, Monica McNutt, Molly Karam, you know, I mean, all these folks. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever that person or those people are, people that knew i cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place where it's all right for them to replace me you know and so that's how i look at it and you know they are brothers to me i love ryan clark like a brother he does his pivot podcast i think he's doing a sensational job with fred Taylor, and channing crowder uh, a marcus fears that's my little big bro as well kendrick perkins that's another dude. I love him to death. Um, of course, the playmaker, Urban Keyshawn, has been my brother for decades. We've been tight. We 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 are we are road dogs. We roll together. That's my man, and a whole bit. And I just want you know it doesn't have to be first take. It could be something else. It could be anything. I just it's just very very important to me that they succeed. It's very important to me that all the names that I mentioned end up successful because without them first take wouldn't be what it is I couldn't be in this position if they didn't bring what they brought and I'm in turn especially after Max Kellerman departed and what have you I couldn't thank them enough for what they've done for me and so to me the least I can do is do everything that I can to ensure that they're successful every bit as successful
1: as they've made me Get the book Straight Shooter by the one and only Stephen A. Smith in stores now. Joins us here again on Box to Row. Stephen A. Appreciate the time. Thank you for doing this. Continued success in all you do.
4: And I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, my brother. I like that sweatshirt, by the way, Morgan State. I feel you on that. I like
1: that. it's pretty fly. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's our year-end review show. I'm your host. Donald, where sit back, relax, and enjoy. We've got the months of March through December. Here we come.
0: We're looking back from the press box to press row. So, it's about time Donald and the gang straighten up the studios. We'll do that and be right back with more from the press box to press row. You're listening to From the Press
1: Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for
8: They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that
5: you're going to be, uh you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing.
9: Michael B. Jordan, and, and I, I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people, you know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way, and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent, um, and all Often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games, you know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way is really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The
4: one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope
9: that when my ride
4: ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And you know, when my day comes, when when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though, that person or those people are people that knew I cared about them and believed in them.
5: To help them get
4: to this place.
5: He's Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man, I was taught to speak your truth. And that there's very special about being a Morehouse man. The same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man.
1: I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams.
5: That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had just like that. You know, it's was really
1: focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from
9: Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan.
3: Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be what 14 years you get to.
1: Yeah, you know what
8: is it's good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to
1: be better and
8: do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you.
1: As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State?
5: What is going on at Mississippi State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? and that brought all awareness to the school and after that I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Day Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean
3: to I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social the racial issues that we're having that really come to light which is I believe are good things I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm
5: willing to undertake. Snoop
1: Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention.
8: Oh man,
3: thank you for having me play in a real way. I
10: mean, I'm so honest.
5: You, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have to Division I. NBA
1: All-Star Chris Paul.
9: That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University uh, Black College. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out.
1: Kyrie Irving playing a Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now?
9: Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to the car and I was driving it in the first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice
1: Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks
3: for letting me talk a little bit music,
6: movies, and sports, my favorite three topics. Hey, y'all, it is the EST of WWE, the strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row.
3: From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports
11: talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at box2row.com.
1: That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant radio
0: The best and brightest of the sports world are with us every week from the Press Box to Press Row. But don't take our word for it. Sit back and enjoy more of our look on the air with Donald Ware.
6: Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Welcome
1: back to Box to Row.
6: Been an awful good It's girl, our year-end
1: Santa review show. Baby, Hope you're having an so absolutely wonderful holiday season. So we're going to now move on to the month of March. Had a chance Santa to catch up with Greg Coleman. Those that don't know who Greg Coleman is, one of the very few black punters in the history of the National Football League and was a really good punter during his day's with the Minnesota Vikings, and played his collegiate ball at Florida A&M, had a chance to ask him about his time at Florida A&M.
10: They were phenomenal. And whenever people ask me about my HBCU experience, uh, I tell them it was nurturing, uh, it was giving. uh, It was like a family. I mean, the the culture of Florida A&M was phenomenal. I had coaches who cared about you as a person regardless to what you did as a player. Uh, my coach, uh, Bobby Lang, uh, my track coach, uh, another one one of my mem- mentors, um, they expected you to be excellent both on and off the field. Uh, my head coach uh, for two years, Coach Rudy Hubbard, uh, also instilled in me some of the things and some of the values that I still carry on in life today uh, the legendary Jake Gaither uh, the mere fact that Bob Hayes went to Florida A&M member of the Hall of Fame Ken Riley uh, recently inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well as the Black College Football Hall of Fame I was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals did not make it as a matter of fact Ken Riley was my high school homeroom teacher for two years during the offseason wow and after being drafted by Cincinnati, Ken and I drove up together uh, to Cincinnati. So uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm elated at the fact that he's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I'm so sad that he was not here uh, to smell his flowers.
1: Former NFL punter Greg Coleman talking about his time at Florida AM and he's right. Ken Riley should have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame a long time ago, staying with the month of March had a chance to catch up with Maryland head women's basketball coach Brenda Fries and uh, talk with her about the Maryland program but also about how women's basketball has really really come to the forefront
7: just the the exposure when when you look at now just uh, the amount of exposure on on television, uh, social media, and then you just look at all of these crowds. Our game has really grown, where uh, we're able to get that exposure as well as the talent. I, I would say, like just uh, when you're scouting now uh, against other opponents, every roster has uh, so much deeper talent that that you have to be prepared for.
1: Going back to 2006, we had just started this show about a year prior to that. You know, So when you're starting something, as you know, you kind of have your head down. You're not paying attention to a lot of the other things that are going on. My uncle called me uh, right around this time, back in 2006, and said, hey, did you know Maryland won the national championship? And, of course, as a Silver Spring native, I was extremely excited. Uh, And I think that was four years into your tenure at Maryland, 20 years in now. Uh, Does it feel like it's been 20 seasons at Maryland? (laughs)
7: <laughs> it certainly does not. It has gone by uh, so quickly, but I've got to say I'm just uh, really, really grateful, you know, just given the fact that, uh, you know, just uh, the consistency of success. You know, it's really, really hard to do and uh, when everyone's gunning at you and, and uh, trying to, to take you down, but just really, really proud of uh, the success that we've been able to sustain.
1: You know, I, I mentioned that record, 619 619- Victories in a in, in and counting. Uh, by the way, in a 23-year uh, career, and I think what's interesting if you look at some of your top 100 all-time in just 23 seasons. But I think if you look at you know some of the great coaches, and even if you look at Tara Vanderveer, who's uh, who's of course still coaching, um, she, you you all are right at the same click and clip in terms of 27 wins. Per year, can you speak a little bit more to that? And I mean, that's difficult. Twenty-seven wins a year—that is extremely difficult.
7: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it takes a village. And you know, uh, what I would say is, I uh, just—I'm really fortunate. I've been able to have just tremendous staffs and uh, working hard behind the scenes, and and uh, just you know, great players and uh, families that we've been able to recruit to to help us be really successful. But I, I think you know, it all starts with. You know, the foundation, I, I feel really, really fortunate that, you know, my, my parents, uh, you, know, gave, you know, raised us and six kids and really showed us a, a work ethic from from the tip. And that's something that I've been uh, really, really fortunate to, to be able to model.
1: Maryland the head women's basketball coach Brenda Fries joining us back in March, sticking with the month of March. Michael B. Jordan, of course, the film Creed three came out uh, back uh, in the earlier part of the year, had a chance to catch up with Michael B. Jordan, talk with him about his career, but also about the HBCU basketball classic that he puts on as well.
9: Uh, I mean... Yeah, that was incredible, man. The first year we did it in the middle of a pandemic, you know, so, you know, you know and the fact that people showed out the way they did was, was, a, was a labor of love. And I appreciate everybody that, you know, that, that, that felt comfortable enough to step out to the Prudential center come to my hometown and support those games. And this year, you know, having free reign to really pack, pack it out, everybody showed up, man. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and 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 having that community and culture, and shining a light on the universities, you know, what I'm saying in a real way, and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high high talent, um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light, and people want to feel like they want to be here, and so putting it on the national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know, what I'm saying so be able to. Put put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um and, and and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in um and hopefully like build this thing bigger and better, so, bigger and bigger. So it's, <clears throat> it's my second year. You know, we got some good momentum, you know, hopefully, you know, next year it's going to grow even bigger than that. And uh, hopefully you won't be there, bro. The two of my favorite shows you played in two of my favorites, the wire
1: uh, yeah. and Friday night lights, two of my favorites of all time. What, what what do you what what comes to your mind when you think back to playing in those two uh TV series
9: uh, i mean where's wallace is a big thing man i think wallace was just like me just 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 being me, you know, it wasn't acting, you know, I had a lot of big brothers on that set, you know what I'm saying, I had a lot of, you know influential, you know, men and women in my life that said, hey yo Mike, if you keep this up, you could be, this could be a career, you can continue to do this and I didn't even have the confidence within myself when you got, you know, Idris Elba and you got you know, J.D. Williams and Wendell Pierce and Larry Larry Gilliard Jr. and Andre Royo and you have all these guys you know, Wood Harris, you know, telling me well, you know, hey, you know, Mike, you got something. That was a pivotal play, place for me. And then, you know, another life lesson that really changed my life is meeting up with Peter Berg on Friday Night Lights and Jason Kadum. You know, Peter Berg saying, hey, yo, Mike, you know, you know it's going to come a time where you're going to be tired of the, waiting for the phone to ring and, and you don't want to control your own destiny. So start writing, start controlling IP, start looking for things to buy and own and ownership and what that really means in the industry. And that kind of planted the seed of creating my own shows and going to create a production company that led to so many other things. And and, and so so those are two pivotal um, shows that happened really, really early in my life, early in my career, that kind of set me in a a certain direction. The one and only
1: Michael B. Jordan. Let's jump to the month of May. We had a chance to catch up with Woody McLean, one of the stars of Power Book 2, Ghost. He plays the role of Kane Tejada. He's a Florida A&M alum had a chance to talk with him about his days at Florida A&M and in the marching band. That
8: was an amazing experience, man. It taught me a lot of discipline, and it taught me brotherhood as well. You know, coming up with my freshman brothers, we went through a lot, and it just, man, that that whole process taught me a lot. It taught me how to struggle. It taught me how to get over the struggle. And not only was I was in the marching band, I was also in a dance crew. Fam Strikers, who went off to do... Uh, America's best dance crew. Shout out to Mr. Shapiro Hardiman, the founder. That also taught me rhythm. You know, they taught me how to dance. I didn't start dancing until college, and which is crazy. But I seen the ladies loving the guys on stage dancing. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, maybe I need to start dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I get on YouTube and I and I learned how to dance within a year, man. And, and the rest has been history.
1: You know, I think about Howard, you know, I think about Howard University. And you think, and, and I've talked like... I've talked you know, you talk with Taraji P and Anthony Anderson and some of the there was a class that featured, you know, was Anthony Anderson, P. Diddy, Taraji P, um, you know, Laz Alonso, all in one class. And I'm looking now, I look at you, you know, Will Packer. There's so many others that really not coming to mind right now, but that are Yes, bunch of fam you people. Like Oh, absolutely.
8: My guy Peyton on All America. Yes, yes. it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so many, so many, and it's so dope to see. You know, everybody's out here doing their thing and representing. I just want to be like my grandfather. You know, my growing up, my grandfather was the guy. Like, you know, he was a reverend. He was a radio host. He he was like, damn near the mayor in South Carolina. You know, but just seeing my my grandfather accomplish all these things is like when I grow up, I want to be able to have that kind of legacy as well. So, fam, you being a part of that legacy. You know, new addition being a part of that legacy, Uh, power, like all these amazing things have have been truly a blessing, you know, and this was something that I was speaking when I was younger.
1: Man, your thoughts and Kane is like, Kane is a soldier to the fullest. Like I love, I think the most of all the characters, I love the character you play as Kane the most. Tell us, I know, (laughs) but tell us about, about Kane.
8: Well, I mean, Kane is just a product of his, of his environment. You know, Kane is. He comes from broken love, so so that's all Cain knows right now. And throughout this whole entire journey of Cain and his art, I think the audience is going to be able to see Cain growing as a man and trying to become his own. Because right now he's just been doing what his parents have, have been teaching him, you know. And I read this. Uh, oh my God, it's an amazing book. Um,
1: oh my God,
8: Thoughts of the Superior Man. Okay. Am I saying it right? Um, but they they talk about your upbringings and how certain things you know what I mean you've you've experienced as a kid can affect you in your adulthood. So I feel like Kane is just all of that. Everything that his parents have been feeding him as a youngin is what he's is what he's giving them right now. So it's just it's just been an amazing journey.
1: And it, with the original power, like you knew there was a following uh, with that. How much did you follow that and? Um, you know, kind of speak to the following that Power Book Two Ghost has.
8: Man, uh, the original Power was it was everything because I've never seen anything like that. You know, seen this successful black man, uh, beautiful job by Omari Hardwick uh, playing Ghost at this club. You know what I mean? Looking over the balcony, I'm like, this dude is a boss. Like, you know what I mean? This is his club. Right. Like, that's what I want to be. And then until he goes into the back of the club and he knocks a dude out, shoots him. I'm like. This is crazy. I thought I wanted to be Ghost, but I don't want to be (laughs) Ghost. You know what I mean? But I I just thought it was a great experience. I think Power did a, I don't know what they did back then, but it it felt like an experience. You know what I mean? And shout out to Courtney and and 50 Cent and Mark Hanton and to everybody at Lionsgate and Stars that put that together.
1: How did this, how how were you able to get this role? Like, I mean, again, probably my favorite character. How did you get Mm. this role?
8: Audition, you know. That's I, I'm. I'm still. I, I got to audition. I'm not. I'm not the, the guy that's like, yeah. They just called my phone, you know. Now nah, I'm out here putting blood, sweat, and tears into it. So I was able to go through the audition process, um, and I was able to be in person with Courtney and Anthony Anthony Hemingway uh, that directed our pilot episode, and was able just to bounce off and feel the energy. And after that that uh that audition I felt like I had the role I felt like I had it man it was just one of those feelings like you know you know you crushed it or you just feel
1: good about something yes and that was one of those moments you know it's interesting how much is is in some respects not all the respects but some respects is Woody like Kane
8: oh yeah none man this is <laughs> that's, that's what's so dope about acting it's like I can I can put on the skin and be anybody I want you know what I mean like I love what Daniel Day Lewis does. Like he's anybody, you know what I mean. But we still see him as Daniel Day Lewis. So that's that's those are kind of the the things that I'm into and 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 what I'm doing. But none of none of it is Kane for me. Like none of me is Kane. But I've been able to portray a guy that I know in real life. Like I know some people that are like Kanes, and we're able to have conversation, and they're able to help me you know what I mean? Portray the character in a real life.
1: Actor Woody McLean. This is the 2023 year end review show. I'm your host, Donald Ware stick around. We've got more of the program on the other side.
7: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you, you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month. Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest Call Rate Genius
2: now. 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Not all
1: applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness,
2: value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 800-303-3398. 800-303-3398. That's 800-303-3398.
0: All right, enough selling stuff already. Let's talk more sports as we bring you the very best from the press box to press row. Here's your host, Donald Ware.
1: Welcome back to Box to Row, 2023 year-end review show. If you have a memorable moment on this program, a memorable conversation, or doesn't have to be with this program, something you will most remember. About 2023, hit me up via uh, X or Twitter at uh, at uh, D Wear One at D Wear One. Well, one of the shows I look forward to each and every year is I uh, in June for Father's Day. I have my father as a guest on the show as we now move to the month of June and um, had a chance to catch up with him. He talks, you know, I enjoy hearing, uh, really hearing the stories. I've heard these stories many times, but I enjoy um, not only hearing them but you. You, the listener, kind of hearing these stories as well about some of the, you know, his days in terms of growing up at and his football playing days at both Howard uh, and with the then Washington Redskins.
11: Yes. Uh. Well, having an older brother, I had the opportunity to play against and with older older boys. You know, my brother's about. Uh, a year and a half older than I am, so when we were playing Little League ball with uh Austin Carr at River Terrace, I was playing with um with boys normally two and three years older than me and I think that helped me excel in the sports of uh, baseball and football, uh because you had to be good in order to in order to play. And yes, we um Austin Carr and I were the younger of the of the group, if you will. And uh we lived in River Terrace and and uh he was a, and was a great talent. You know, I knew him I think when he was in the fifth grade or so. I think he attended Holy Redeemer, uh Catholic school and uh from there he went to um to Mackin and uh, which he played against my brother in a classic, I believe, at um University of Maryland Colfield House in a basketball game. So um, it was um, It was great talent. Austin was a great talent. My brother was a great talent, and that made me better.
1: Great years playing at um, at Cardoza for the legendary um, Bob Hedden, and then ultimately you went on to play at uh, Howard University where you excelled there.
11: Yes, I did. I um, After graduating from Cardoza in 1966, I entered, um, Howard in, in, uh, in September of 1966 and uh, played football there for, for four years. And, um, and then I, after that, I coached at Howard for three years. And I coached the defensive backfield. And, um, I also was able to play and, uh, make the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, playing with some you know pretty good good players, and coaching there for years, three years. I coached some very good players who are now in the Howard University Hall of Fame, and some of them were able to play pro football. And to name a few, uh, Johnny Fairfax, um, he's in the um, Howard Hall of Fame. Ron Maber played uh, pro ball with the Atlanta Falcons and he's in the Howard Hall of Fame. Bruce Williams had a tryout with the with the Denver Broncos. He's in the Howard Hall of Fame. Haywood Corley is in the Howard Hall of Fame. And Greg Butler, who's in the Howard Hall of Fame, who also, he played with the Los Angeles Rams and also in the Canadian Football League. So those are some of the players that I coached, and they excelled at, um, to the point that they were... Inducted into the Howard University Hall of Fame,
1: and you you had an opportunity. A matter of fact, played with the then Washington Redskins in camp. Um, you know, out of out of Howard. Uh, but speak specifically to Bobby Mitchell, of course, passed away uh, a little more than three years ago. Now, as a you know, Pro Football Hall of Famer, but he scouted you while you were at Howard.
11: Yes, uh, we had a game at um, at Morehouse, and uh, one night. Can't remember exactly. 1969, and we um, were in the airport coming back to DC, and we saw Bobby Mitchell at the airport. And uh, I didn't realize that he was down there to scout me. I didn't know that you know they they were scouting me, and he did. And uh, eventually, uh, I received a call from the Washington Redskins commanders. Now, of course. About um, you know coming uh, with that organization as a um, a free agent. And, In fact, I went um, to the Redskins' office, which is which at, at that time was at Connecticut and K Streets Northwest, and signed my professional contract on February the third, nineteen seventy. And it was under Coach Vince Lombardi. But
1: all, right now, also we we've got another legend that is on the line right now. As a matter of fact, it's a DC. High school legend, as a matter of fact, played also at Saint Augustine's University or at college at that time. Now, university uh, here uh, in Raleigh, one of the legendary figures in all of DC high school athletics. Coach Robert Hedden also joining us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Hedden?
3: Hey, how you doing? Well, <laughs> hey, hey man, how well, you doing? to do well. Pop up any place, boy. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you you don't don't close
11: your eyes. We We're all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) Good to hear your voice.
3: Hey, man, good to hear your voice, man. (laughs) So I know you never expected
1: that I I would get in contact uh, with your former coach and have him on the line with
10: us. (laughs) Yes.
11: Well, you know, yes. um, uh, Bob Hedden was my uh, baseball coach and football coach at at Cardoza in the the early 60s. And um, I think we won some – Championships in in baseball, we we didn't win them in football until after I I left. But it was a great pleasure, you know, uh, being uh, under your leadership, Bob Head. I appreciate it.
3: Okay, anytime, man. You, you were guys, y'all was uh, on your own. I tell you, you both you guys together, with brothers. I mean, y'all was real good players and had good attitudes. That's what made y'all successful, you know, because you had good attitudes. I blame that on your parents.
11: <laughs> yes, well, well, yes, we we followed their lead and yep. um they they were they were great parents and uh, they kept us in line and kept us straight as as you did, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. was the, the parent of, for us away from home, but uh it all inclusive it, it was all very good and we appreciate um all your tutorship and and uh, your guidance.
3: Yep. Yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed it, man, because, you know, Cadoza was my first job. Well, it wasn't my first job. My first job was Armstrong, but I only stayed there a couple of years and left him with to because my, my coach, Frank Boland, who was my yes. basketball coach, Sal Hall, who was my, my, my college coach, I mean, my, my high school football coach, uh-huh. Them guys came, they found out I was in D.C., and they came to knock on my door, man. said, so You got to come and you answer,
11: you answer the door. <laughs> That's right.
3: <laughs> right. And, right. And,
1: and you know one of, what's, inter- what's great here, and right now, just to reset, talk, it's a Father's Day edition, a weekend edition, that is, of Box to Row. I'm your host, Donald Ware, joined by my father, Donald Ware, his former coach uh, and a legendary coach in D.C. Uh, high School, uh, uh, Bob Hedden. And, and you know the thing about it, Coach Hedden? Uh, and with both of you guys, you both played at HBCUs. Coach Hayden, of course, right. at St. Augustine's and and my mm-hmm. father at Howard. And then you also had an opportunity to play in the league. You had a a, um, a, a tryout with the Denver Broncos, what, in uh, in, in 1963, I believe.
3: 63, yeah.
1: What, what do you remember about that time?
3: Well, what happened during that particular time, uh, when I was in college, uh, we had to go both ways. And you had to play offense and defense. So everybody didn't come off the field. So I, I played both. I played as safety, and I also played as a running back. And uh, uh, but I was a I was a quarterback in college. <laughs> See, every time I go to a team, they change me. You know, they move. From, <laughs> I was a quarterback in high school. When I went to college, they put me in the backfield as a running back because I was a big back. And I, I also played defense. And then when I left, I made all C I A A and at Saint Aug on on offense, not on defense. Then. When I finished, I went up, I had a trial with Denver.
1: A surprise for my father with his old coach, a legend in of himself, Mr. Bob Head. Look, that's going to wrap it up for today's 2023 year-end review show. Taking a listen back to the months of January through June on next week. We're going to take a listen back to the months of July through December. Listen, have a very... Merry Christmas, happy holiday season, and I will talk with you on next week. And always remember to support those that support your box. You Toro is produced by DW Communications.